Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Secret Artists Podcast. I'm joined today by the wonderful Jade Adams. She's an absolute hoot. We talk about her Amazon show, Serious Black Jumper, which I highly recommend you all watch. Um, Crazy Delicious, the show she presents on Channel 4. And we chat about all things art, singing, sibling relationships, the nature of confidence, tarot cards, Buffy, The Notebook and Breaking Bad. Really topical TV shows and films. Jade is the first guest we've had on who's done an artwork on an iPad. Ooh, very exciting. Um, we are talking to get to each other on Zoom, obviously, because we were in lockdown. Uh, but we talk about a lot about uh, photography, as Jade is a brilliant photographer. And I will take this opportunity to plug a photography competition, which I'm very honoured to have been asked to be on the judging panel for. It's run by a charity called Mental Health UK, who do excellent work. And it's called My Photo 2020. Um, so have a look on their website for more details. I'm very excited because I get to do two of my favourite pastimes. Um, looking at visual art and judging people. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, if you want to see our artworks, then follow us on Instagram and Twitter. At Secret Art Pod. Okay, enjoy. Bye. I've written an intro for you, Jade, and I, uh, I say written, sort of looked it up and then copied, but it's quite long, so it might be just, you might just have to sit and listen <laughs> to me talking about, about you. If it's about me, I'll sit and listen. Perfect. Uh, Jade Adams is a brilliant comedian, actor, writer, presenter, singer and photographer. Jade's debut Edinburgh Fringe show, Jade 31, was nominated for Best Newcomer in 2016, whilst her hugely successful, critically acclaimed five-star Edinburgh Fringe show, Serious Black Jumper, was released worldwide on Amazon Prime. Jade, is it... I'm carrying on. I love it. Jade is host of Channel 4's brand new high-concept food show, Crazy Delicious, and the co-host of the channel's culinary entertainment series, Snack Masters. She brought her cult live musical comedy show, A Musical, to the screen for the very first time for Comedy Central. Uh, Jade has also featured as a guest on Celebability, Strictly It Takes Two, Roast Battle, Live at the Comedy Store, The Chris Ramsey Show, 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, 8 Out of 10 Cats, Dara O'Brien's Go 8-Bit, Good Omens, and Russell Brand's Standoff for Comic Relief. You've done so much stuff. <laughs> I uh, That was an exhausting list, isn't it? What a nice yeah. um, what a nice thing I've done. It's actually really nice to be told that, because during this lockdown, my, I don't know if you've had this, but my emotions have been so up and down about everything, because I oh, don't yeah. like the fact that I've turned into a YouTuber. Like I, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm way too old to be sat at home sitting by a laptop. And actually, I've been getting sent stuff as well. So I've got, so I've got free gin. I've had, I had free energy shots from Moju. I've had free t-shirts. That's um, when had, you know you've made it if you're being sent free shit. Which is a fantastic, lovely privilege. You do have to then go online. But I was like, is this what British comedy is now? Is me just putting products online for other companies or is it going to come back um but having listened do you know what having you read that list out of the stuff that I've achieved has actually been really good because now I now I can just relax for a bit longer because you forget oh, that good. you've done you've, if you, you like I could call you up every day and just read that list out to you first I, thing in the morning I, do you know what I think Rich Wilson my boyfriend would really appreciate it if you did that 
<laughs> okay, fine, for him, I'll do it. <laughs> if people ask me, because my Instagram and my social media very much looks like the, the, the picture of a girl that's just, just smashing life in the dick, babes, but life <laughs> is still really hard. It's still up and down and I still, like, it... it because we, we curate it like we're artists. That's about, I'm sure you've spoken about this on other, pod, on other episodes of this. But, you know, that's what everyone's turned into curators because they now curate their lives uh, to make people enjoy their gallery. Whereas, and it's not, it's not really art because we're not showing the gritty shit, are we? No, that's very true. And I don't think we yeah. have spoken about that before. That's really oh, interesting. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. God, I'm so insightful. God, you really are. You're a revolutionary <laughs> woman. <laughs> Um, also, can I just say I watched your show yesterday on Amazon Prime and it was fucking great. I loved it. Oh, and in your honour, you watching it. I mean, the listeners can't see this, but I'm wearing a serious black turtleneck jumper. You are, and do you look, don't you look fabulous in it? I mean, don't it I should, look important for the type of person you are? It should be your staple uniform, I think. Do you reckon? Just, yeah, because you know, like, like, like you're super funny, but at the same time, like, I massively respect you as well, and I think you should oh. be wearing a black turtleneck more often. Thanks, Jade. Yeah, can you, you call look- me up every morning and tell me that? <laughs> I can t- I, I can definitely call you up every morning and tell you that. That's fine. I'll do that. Thank you. It. Done. Um, the, yeah, the show, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I heard loads about it in Edinburgh, but I, th- I can't... Was it last Edinburgh that you did it? Or was it yeah, it was, my la- it was my last Edinburgh, 2019. Because I've been going up um, consecutively for 10 years now. I d- I've not... I've only done 2016, 17, 18. I've done four main shows but I did like compilation shows that I would put on in the run up to that main show that hour yeah but I've been going up this would have been my 10th year would it have been it would have been my ninth year this year and then next year would have been year 10 um but obviously now that's been changed and it is it's a huge thing because it sort of it shapes the entire year it's the you get ready for it I mean other artists will have their very own version of it but our um you know we, we shape, shapes the year and gives you purpose and now we don't have it yeah it's sort think... of like the beginning of the school year isn't it it's like August is the September and you spend the whole year working towards it and yeah and that so had you got quite far in preparing your show I just was really excited about the idea. I'm su- I was super excited. I had a- another idea yesterday with my best friend. All of my shows start with conversations with her. She's an artist, mm-hmm. actually. She's a fine artist. Oh, cool. Um, What's her name? Her name's Rebecca Wynn Kelly. She'll love that I've mentioned that. <laughs> um, so she uh, went to Central St. Martins, and then her and her sister started this... Um, uh, how do I, I I call it a restaurant but it wasn't just a restaurant it was like an it was a, a restaurant come cocktail bar art gallery um, it had a yurt in the back garden there would be like uh, loads of parties uh, there was a, a vintage market that was super famous down the back I used to manage it as well we had a hot tub it wasn't Amazing. just a restaurant but her and her sister used to have that and they had it for about 15 years and then they got through two recessions they really you know I, to keep a business going you have to have um, you have to be able to adapt, you have to be able to change and you have to have the energy to do that as well. So the reason that they were able to stay alive during two recessions is that they adapted to their surroundings, thought about what people needed, were the first people in Cardiff to start kombucha, were the first people to go vegan. They, But after a while, they aren't the first anymore and other people start copying and all of that sort of stuff. Because as we know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. It's not. I really, <laughs> I, I really hate it. Um, <laughs> I really, really hate it. It's one of my least favourite... And you can't, when you're an artist, you can't like... I had just going to slowly take off my black jumper under the table. <laughs> no, no, no. The black jumper's fine because I've said yes to that. <laughs> but I had um, uh, another artist, actually. I've got, I have a lot, a lot of... I said this to you before, but I have a lot to do with artists. I have like mm-hmm. friends that are. And I've got this photographer friend of mine called Susie Lark who did my poster in Edinburgh two years ago where, I don't know if you remember it, I'm on swing, on a swing with doves carrying me up in the air. Um, I wanted, I wanted like you know a heavy woman like me to be carried by something you know I thought that was quite funny but um uh she recently did another set of photographs and she asked me loads of questions and one of the questions she asked me is like uh what's your worst nightmare and one of my worst nightmares is when I'm on stage looking out into an audience and seeing a sea of myself I don't like (laughs) I like I really I I I just want people as well as enjoy me to retain their own identity but it's mm-hmm. super hard because when you when you appreciate someone's work, you just like I know what I'm like when I 
I know what I was like after I watched Titanic when I was like 15. I went crazy yeah. for it. Mum wanted to send me to like therapy. Like I was mad. <laughs> I was so upset that Jack Dawson had died. I was insane. I couldn't like, I couldn't get out of bed. She was like, she was, we're in a working class family. We don't talk about things like therapy, but she was so close to getting a therapist. It was really bad. But, so have you noticed your audiences starting to... My best friend noticed it the other day. I was on Instagram. Really? Li- so I've been doing these um, Instagram live free-for-alls. So anyone, anywhere can just have a chat. Because normally you just mm-hmm. plan who you're going to talk to. But I've just been having any old riffraff. <laughs> Log into Instagram live and it's been really funny, really insightful, really moving. I cried the other day. It's been really nice. But my best friend said, Babs, they all look like you. <laughs> They've all got glasses. They all got home dyed hair. They're all a bit chubby. They're all like, you know. And it's not. It's. I don't. I think they look like that anyway. They must look like that anyway. I wouldn't be uh, for for a moment believe that um it's, it's they've been influenced by me. But it's just what happens. Like Madonna hates it that Lady Gaga copies her. There's loads of in, there's loads of interviews. But the thing is with art, if you didn't copy people, it's all about covering up the, the joins. You, like being inspired, but not, mm. but not taking it off. So you like. You know, it, it be inspired by an artist and, and, and take aspects of what it is that you like. Be, learn how to look at a, a piece of art or, or a person or whatever and, and think about what the essence of it is that you really like about the piece. And then you take that essence and then mm. you sort of blend it into your own stuff. I think that's the way to go about it. But It must did... be unavoidable in a way, though, because, <laughs> you know, the people that are going to identify with you are going to have similarities or... Yeah. You know, it's hard to know which comes first. Like, are they just morphing I, into you or? Well, it, did... I, where it comes from is my sister. I didn't have an identity for such a long time. I, she died. Mm. And I, when she died, I all of a sudden found myself. It was one of the sort of slightly mm. uh, more uncomfortable situations that happened after my sister went because she was quite an imposing figure and she yeah. just was around all the time and she was older and everyone knew Jenna. And, you know, yeah. your first show one. was about this, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Jade yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. You've come to them all. I'm your biggest Thanks. fan. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, but she, like, uh, yeah, that show was about me sort of finding my identity after the sort of thing that made me feel like I didn't have one. Mm. She was, like, super popular when I was at school. And then when we got older, she was sick. So she had all the attention all the time. Mm-hmm. She was also great and wonderful and loved me and, and cared for me and was super protective. And she was a human. She was all sorts of layers. But um, mm. she was also quite a scene stealer. Let's call, let's call it that, my sister. She'd yeah. walk into a room and people would gasp. I remember that when I was younger. Like, Did she, you find that annoying? I, I I wanted to be like her. I wanted to absorb her in a sort of weird way. I wanted to like, uh, I, I was talking to someone recently because I'm writing a script about um, my experiences as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, uh, but no, this one's <laughs> this one's much better than the other ones. But I was to- <laughs> uh, talking about how as a child, I just wanted to absorb her. I wanted to sort of become, take on the aspects of my sister that made people really like her. Um, because I was always sort of, not that child I'm a bit chubby and I didn't really fit in and you got to do a lot of fitting in when you're a kid if you want to be popular you sort of got to be a bit basic I think I never Mm. I've never been basic I've always just spoken too much said too much um yeah I remember I had a friend who wouldn't let me touch the color pink because we were both real tomboys (laughs) and I think looking back I think it was bullying but I was so keen to just do anything that she wanted that that is nuts wouldn't let you touch the color pink Kids are mad. Because we wanted to be boys. (laughs) Do you have to taste every dish on Crazy Delicious? I wasn't actually meant to, but I forced, I was like really upset that that wasn't part of the format. So the the gods come down and they're the ones that eat it. And then I got to stand next to them. Are you mad? I've spent the last four hours watching these knobheads make this stuff. I want to bloody well eat it. (laughs) <laughs> so I sort of added in that I I was to eat things. Nice. I think my they, character would eat this. Uh, um, Jade would eat now, guys. Just to let you know, <laughs> she's going to eat stuff. Um, the por- the food on there all looks so good, though. Like the sets are so beautiful and I'm artistic. Uh, a lot. I'd say seventy five percent of the food on that show was fantastic, and then there was twenty five percent of that of the food on that show that's been heavily edited. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> as in terms of not edit, not uh, SFX or anything like that, but you know, like the magic of television and stuff. Yeah. And when they put it in that little, you know, when they do those hero shots of the food in with the mm. sort of great background, that always made anything look incredible. Yeah, like the when they were doing the food photography. But there were sometimes people made stuff and it like that because these all the people that come on there were cooks they're not chefs and they're all having to adhere to a time whereas normally like you just get to sort of like I made a paella yesterday and I had like as long as I wanted to make it but I don't know how I would do if I was making it to a time and these yeah and also would, if it has to look beautiful that's like a totally different thing as well yeah and these people would really panic mm. <laughs> I think food photography is a, a real art form definitely do you know I did it once did you? Well, you were a photographer, famously. Well, a bit, a bit of, a bit of one. I, 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 I basically used to, when I first started doing comedy, I would charge comedians who wanted portraits to come and stand in front of a beige wall in my house, whilst I, 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 I pointed my SLR at their face, and I took photographs and then added too much contrast onto them. I'll be honest with you. I've looked back. I've looked back, and I've got some. I've, I'm critical. Um, Jade, I hate it when people put Phil. Oh, this is a bugbear I've got, and I'm going to just say this now, and we can then move on immediately after. But people putting filters on perfectly good photographs. Stop it. Just stop it. Like so and annoying. And then when you take a, a good photograph and you want to put it up without a filter. But then you want people to know that there's no filter on it. But you don't want to write no filter because then you sound like a basic bitch. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll put no filter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, well, I am a basic bitch. I'm, I, I'm, I know where my background is. Um, <laughs> when there's a nice sky and like we've got the... Oh, look, the water's in already. I'll show you that at the end. It looks gorgeous. Um, oh, it's really quick. Um, but we get really great sunsets here. And take a photograph of it. Hashtag no filter. People need to know how good the sky is. Yeah, that pictures. is true. Yeah. Well, I'm. We're both in Essex at the moment. I'm on the Essex Suffolk border, and the sunsets are exceptional. That's why we came. It's uh, Constable Country, I think they call it. You know, Constable. he did those. You know, the artist John Constable. He did those like beautiful um, little sunsets. I probably really recognize, like re- recognize his work before I recognize yeah, his name. He was a big fan of contrast. Oh, really? Mm. I'm also super into. Um, like the other day, I started drawing something on my iPad because I just wanted to sort of learn how to draw shadows. And I just mm. drew a woman's... Oh my God, that's amazing. Sort of... Uh, in, and then you get the same thing with metallic. So like mm. learning how to do the colours on something that's metallic. So this is from my friend's shop, Tin Design. Um, and it's basically a gold hand doing an okay. It's beautiful. Song. It's not an okay. It's the um, I think it must be the. It's that emoji that's like perfect, perfect. Or I think it might be a Buddhist thing. Oh right, um, I... it's great. It does look quite religious, doesn't it? I don't know if that's the gold or the positioning. Um, quickly going back to photography, your um, portrait of Kwame Asante was so beautiful. The one that you put in my exhibition. I absolutely loved doing that. I really liked, um, I, I got Babs, uh, Rebecca Winkelly, my artist friend, to help me mm-hmm. write what it was about. So I, because I, I didn't know how to speak like that. Because I, mm-hmm. I obviously immediately try and put a joke at the end of something. Um, yeah, it's quite she, difficult to describe art because you have to, or you feel like you have to ser- sound serious. Right, I'm starting to sketch it out in pencil. I am doing this on my iPad. I love it. You're into digital art then, are you? I really like... I got this iPad purely for... Um, purely so I could draw, actually. Um, I, uh, I, When I was a little girl, I used to draw all the time. And my um, uh, mum said if there wasn't any plain paper, I couldn't ever draw on like paper that had anything on it. It had to be completely plain. And if there wasn't, she said, I would draw on the fridge. You could draw on the fridge? I would just draw on the fridge, yeah. <laughs> Such a rebel. Um, David Hockney does a lot of digital art, doesn't he? Oh! Does stuff on I his iPad. Does he really? I didn't know he yeah. did that. That's cool. Have you been doing quite a lot of art during lockdown then? Um, I'd say everything that I'm doing at the moment is some... I, I, I mean, like, uh, this would be a... 
well, it would be a performance. Uh, a, uh, this would be a performance art show of um, a woman handling um, not having an audience in front of her after basing <laughs> her entire um, self-esteem structure on having an audience in front of her. So yeah, there, there's art going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're calling it, anyway. That's what we're going to call it. My um, uh, my best friend does a so her her art is land art. So she does um, art that doesn't um, make an impact on the world. In a, oh wow! So she um, she she was for a while putting these flags up that used to make me cry because uh, she it was her it, she, her they, her stuff's deeply emotional and um, and I always see in her stuff what it is she's doing because I know her mm-hmm. yeah. um, and she did these flags and she was going through a breakup at the time and it was a really painful breakup and the flags would say things like. Um, so she put a big tall one in the middle of a construction uh, in the middle of somewhere that was going to be knocked down and then put back there was going to be like student flats put up next to her restaurant and it was mm-hmm. a huge 12 foot flag right up in the sky and then the what it said on the flag was um, you built up my hopes and then she got another flag and put it in the water um, and then the wall uh, near her parents house and it said keep your head above water so she sort of um so they're sort of quite conceptual thing yeah but they were really cool but they were messages to herself she thought they i I originally thought they were messages to her ex-boyfriend but they were they were to herself um uh, it was really lovely she just went that's um, interesting because they work independent of you know knowing her personal story but yeah like the best kind of art yeah is she all right yeah she's fine now (laughs) <laughs> over it she's, uh, the next she's... flag just says over it yeah over... <laughs> oh, fuck you <laughs> <clears throat> who question mark <laughs> okay I'll, I'll, I'll let her know all these ideas yeah she's the one that helps me understand art i really love like she i i um if i was talking to someone that sort of didn't really speak about art often i'd probably look quite insightful because um i've just learned learned how she does it Mm. and how she thinks about it her dad's an artist so he has paintings uh the Clooney family have mixed paintings really yeah he was a he's got a fascinating story her father he um he's from Liverpool Mm. was an orphan uh went to art school is a fantastic oil painter like does photorealistic art um and um, it's really great. And then, yeah, when he was younger, his stuff went over to the Clooney family, and they now own some of it. And then oh, he invented so cool. Then he invented a paper called Lasertran, and this paper helps artists uh, sort of print. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he invented a paper and then ran a pa- like ran this company that produced. It was the only place in the world that you could get this type of paper, and uh, lots of oil paint oil painters used the paper. And then he retired and became an electro swing DJ. Oh my god, that is incredible! <laughs> what a guy! What's his name? Mick Kelly. His name is Nick Kelly. Mick. Mick Kelly. Oh, I'm going to look him up. But well, so she's got a different surname, has she? Your, oh your no, mate? she's Rebecca Wynn Kelly. Rebecca Wynn Kelly. Okay. Yeah, her middle name. She's Welsh. Her middle name's Wynn. Wynn. It's a good name for an artist. I'm just going to f- focus on because the bend around the index finger is proving somewhat difficult i'm actually finding the three fingers that are straight the hardest um i'm struggling with the thumb so how do you i mean i've never done any art on an ipad how how do you do it is it like paint it's the the feel of the pen is it's like paint yeah but the feel of the pen's really nice like it sort of if you press it hard it goes harder and if you does that go right across there? Yeah, it does. So um, it's still quite physical. It's not like just clicking on a colour and then dragging it in or something. No, you can't. Not on this app. Uh, app you can't do that. You have to. If you want to colour something, you have to colour it properly. There's no like fill or anything. So like that. why do you choose that over using an actual pencil? Um, I suppose because I've I all I've ever done is draw on draw with pencil, uh, mm-hmm. and then I got this, and it's and I just. 
I don't know. I just really like. I just really like it. I think I'm impressed by the technology of um, of it. Uh, I think. Yeah, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by it. I'm impressed how good it is. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I find the thing I quite like about doing art is that you're not near a screen, and it's like time where you're just with the physical thing. So I, I've never like looked into doing it digitally, but I imagine it's very cool. The mechanics of it are just like a pen and paper. It doesn't feel, cool. I mean, this is the cheeky thing about Apple is it doesn't feel like, or Adobe, it's, a, it's an Adobe app I'm using. It mm. doesn't feel like you're using a, a screen. That's how they get you. Yeah, that's how they get you. <laughs> um, do you have any favourite artists, Jade? Um, yes, I do. I really love Cindy Sherman. Um, and I'd say I've been quite heavily influenced by C- uh, Cindy Sherman. Um, do you know her? She does. I don't um, know if I do. What sort of stuff does she do? She does self-portraits. So she um. creates... Um, so most... Of, I don't know. Uh, most of her... Um, do you know what? I don't even know if she's alive. I think she's alive. But most of her um, images have... Um, uh, a, a wire in it that she's holding in her hand and she takes the photograph so she sets it all up and she takes um the photograph of herself but the stuff that she does is like oh here we go oh yeah yes i recognize I, that so they're very like performance based yeah like she uses well, a lot of makeup and a lot of makeup it's the you know it's what the drag queens are doing now i suppose yeah but she's doing it years i love cindy sherman she's fab isn't she yeah, I love the colours as well, like bright orange backgrounds and yeah, that fab big clang dramatic one with the um... costumes. Yeah, love it. I think I looked at her when I was at art college actually, because I dressed my friend up as a clown and took photos of him. Obviously, you, of course, uh, what, you were. What art else college? are you going to do at art college? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really nice. I have started these. This is the best thing about this is you can just delete it. <laughs> that's something. Oh, just, yeah. That's the appeal of digital art, surely. Rub it out. I'm in too deep with my uh, pencil drawing. I uh, Annoyingly, I do have gold paint, but I've really gone into shading. So I think I'm going to stick with pencil. I'm going to try and do it with um, when I, I'm not, I'm still not on to the, the, the colouring bit. And do you know what I think I'm doing is I'm caring too much about the shapes and stuff. And I think I can get a lot of the shape out when I start shading. Yeah. Um, I'm tempted to draw the inhaler in the background, but I yeah. think that might overcomplicate things. The negative space of the hand. Oh, love it. Which I learned that from. Buffy. My art teacher was always talking about negative space. It, that is what negative space is, right? Is the space it's, around the thing? Yeah, yeah. Did you say you learned that from Buffy? Yeah, I learned it from Buffy. What was she doing with negative space? Her younger sister, when she finds out that her mum's dead, uh, is um, is drawing a um, uh, like a, a I don't know what they're called, but like a body, like a like a David sort of figure. And the mm. art teacher just before is talking about the negative space of, of it. And when Dawn finds out about her mum dying, I love that I've been able to bring Buffy up in an art podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, Buffy, actually, Dawn's, Dawn's picture she does is really good, but she does all the shading around it and doesn't um, draw the actual figure. Ah, nice. I never got into Buffy, but I've just started watching Breaking Bad, so I'm slowly... Uh, oh, my God. Creeping into the 21st century. <laughs> You're just watching Breaking Bad. I yeah. love it. What series are you on? Just started series three. Well, <laughs> you're uh, just a tip as well about being in series three. Yeah, it, it you got you're gonna have to get through it. It's hard. It's all part of the storyline, but series three and series four are quite. I remember being quite difficult Intense. to get through. Well, that's I loved your show and I actually watched it in between episodes one and two of the beginning of series three and it was much needed light relief. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, thank God I'm, I'm helping you watch Breaking Bad. That is, well, it's quite the honour, actually. I think it's the, um, whereas I said that Forrest Gump is the perfect movie, the mm. perfect series is Breaking Bad. Yeah. 
it just gets more and more emotional people have been talking about it for years <laughs> no you, we can talk about it i mean people love breaking bad so like i think we can talk about it i i i i it really i really loved it i i watched it with an ex-boyfriend and um i remember knowing that our relationship was really over at the end of breaking bad because i was um i won't i won't ruin it for you i'm sure you probably know what happens I actually don't. I've managed to avoid... I think because people stopped talking about it so long ago, I have no idea what's going to happen. Oh, right, okay. Well, I won't ruin it for you, but there's a, a really beautiful moment at the end that if you are a person like me, um, you will cry at. I don't know if you're a crier at stuff, but uh, I cried. And um, I cried at the end of it, and uh, and he rolled his eyes at me. <laughs> So, oh, that's a yeah. bad sign. Ooh, um, I have to say, I'm, I'm not really a crier, but I will let you know. I mean, I cry in real life, but I remember my friend having a go at me when we were at school because I didn't cry watching The Notebook. Oh, so. God. I didn't cry at The Notebook. Good. I we're the cry. same. You and well, me, Well, also, they didn't give us enough time. Like, what was interesting about The Notebook is they didn't give you enough time to care about those old people. Um, in it so they yeah I just found it a bit predictable even aged like 12 I remember thinking this is a bit crap <laughs> yeah I thought I thought so but you know I was at an all-girls school and you're expected to love the Romeo notebook. and Juliet and cry at the notebook and oh I love Romeo and Juliet I hate I love that as well oh did you I love Baz Luhrmann I loved watching you sing kissing you live on instagram the other night just before i went to bed i don't really watch instagram lives and i just clicked on your face and then i was like this is absolutely perfect <laughs> she's singing me a lullaby <laughs> i am um, yeah that's a uh, that's a great movie that i disagree with you i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What what other things that people have done on the podcast? Um, Alex Horn brought in a pineapple with sunglasses because he's got the tattoo of a, sun, of a pineapple wearing sunglasses on his arm. So that was quite oh, okay. hard to paint. Very spiky. Um, Lolly had clearly forgotten that she was supposed to bring something, but luckily we were at her house and she just went, oh yeah, I'll go and get it, and then found a bottle of champagne in her fridge. So... <laughs> <laughs> did she admit it uh no but it was quite clear to all of us <laughs> <laughs> what else it. have we done it's been some good things oh harriet kemsley's cat we drew live which was an absolute pain in the ass oh i imagine that was moving around all over the place oh uh, yeah it kept walking out of the room and snarling at us <laughs> <laughs> great great for great for drawing Hello, I'm Harriet Kemsley, and I object to that. Isla the cat does not snarl. Very well-behaved cat. Could actually be a model if you wanted to be a model. Oh, I think I've made the fingers too long. Let's see yours. I've not even started on the fingers yet because I'm scared. Oh, I love that. You see, yours is actually gold. So I've, yeah. I've just been focusing on creating shape with the... With the um, with the reflection on it so I want I, mm. I sort of did the outline and then thought I could I could I mean it's not the best thing I've ever done because we could have drawn actually we could have because I, I can draw women really well 
um, my women, I, I, I've spent my entire life drawing women. I just doodle, like when I'm on the phone, there's probably a bit of paper around here with, with it on there. I either mm. sign my name constantly or I doodle, I doodle women. Um, I saw a girl when I was at sixth form. Uh, she drew women really well and I sort of was really inspired by it and took mm. on her style and then added it into my own style. I think that's probably how I draw is. So you're still imitating. I imitate as well, but I don't yeah. make money. I don't charge <laughs> people for it. You can start selling your doodles. I mean, that is a way to make some money during this pandemic, I suppose. Do you um, draw them naked? Uh, n- no, I tend to draw clothes, but the clothes are super tight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This isn't as shit as I thought it was going to be. What, being a guest on the podcast? (laughs) No. Do you own any art? Yes, I do. Do you want to see some? Yeah. Okay, we're there. Um, I wish I had a rubber. Right, I got three bits. Brand brand new rubber. Oh, I love a brand new rubber. I love Me brand too. new stationery. I'm, I'm, I've got a real, um, uh, I've got, I get really excited about stationery. Like, I'm, oh, I, me too. I love it. We've got such cool stuff to be creative here. We've got these amazing um, felt tips. Uh, we've got amazing color, coloring in felt tip pens that shade as well. They're fantastic. We've oh, got back, so nice. I've got three bits of art in our house. We've got loads of art here. Ooh, nice le- clean rubber. Look how perfect it is. I know. I'm about to fuck it up. So we've got loads of art in our house. We ca- uh, Rich collects a lot of prints, and we've oh, also cool. like start. We've got some stuff together. So I went to Japan, and I went to Naoshima with Babs, um, Rebecca Winkelly, and I went to the art island Naoshima. And Yayo Kasuma has stuff all over the art island. So I bought one of her oh, pumpkins. Amazing. So that's a bit of art that I have. Lucy Pierman's favourite artist. Yayo Kasuma. Yeah, she came on the podcast and talked about her. I've got yeah, this her fantastic... stuff is very cool. She's wicked. She's amazing. I've also got this... Um... Babe, are the art oracle cards over there? Hang on. I'm going to do a reading on you with my um, art oracle cards at the end of this. So this is... Um... What, uh, what do I so... have to do? Nothing. It's so vague. But it's uh, so basically it's like tarot cards, mm-hmm. but all of the all of the uh, people on it, it's like Grayson Perry, George O'Keefe, Salvador Dali, Jean, uh, Jean Coteau, William yeah. Morris, Cindy Sherman's on there, Leonardo oh, da Vinci, amazing. Louise Bourgeois. So it's basically like um, tarot, but the, the, the things on there are um, artists. And then there's a little book so I can do your at the end. I'll do your past, present and your future. And oh, I'll do shit. And it's all vague. It's all vague, like arty vague. I got it from Adam Buxton on his podcast. Oh, so nice. He's an artist. Yeah. Does he, um, does he draw? Well, he went to art college. I think he did sculpture, actually. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, I think he'd consider himself an artist. Well, I don't know if he would, but I think he's an artist. We're all artists, aren't we? So there's the pumpkin. Love um, it. Then I bought this for Rich for his birthday this year. Skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> There's a real yellow and black theme going on, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So this Very was, cool. we got this from a gallery in Brighton. I don't, do, uh, babe, do you know who the artist is that did the skateboard? What? Do you know who did the uh, the, the skateboard? Riker. Riker. R-Y-C-A. R-Y-C-A. It was an artist in Brighton. Riker. Um, anyway, that's uh, yeah. There was he does loads of stuff on skateboards, but um, I, uh, I I think that there's loads of um, there's. It's like I I did a freestyle disco dancing as a child, which is one of the as I said in the show, one of the most culturally yeah. bereft form of dances known to man. But I um I've been recently writing a sitcom about my experiences in freestyle disco dancing, mm-hmm. and I'm setting all of the. I want to set all of the dances against classical music because there's because of the intense techno music that they have in dance it's really hard to sort of enjoy 
the the athleticism of the children or how good they are or the artistry of what they do and how their bodies move so yeah. i want to i want to sort of set it all against classical music to really make people appreciate how fucking great these working class kids are and how mm. what what absolute the talent of it because loads of people look at freestyle disco dancing and they get a little like my best friend when i first showed her to it she was uh, showed her a video of of mothers and their kids and stuff doing it she was horrified it looks like a, it looks <laughs> i like don't abuse. know if i've seen it before i'm probably sounding really <laughs> ignorant but um, um no no you're not ignorant at all barely it, you know it's a it's a really sort of niche thing but the first time i showed babs what what goes on she was absolutely horrified um, until I sort of explained to her, like, this is, you know, we we trained. We were we were sort of trained soldiers. I mean, I wasn't necessarily the best soldier. Um, I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> well, it's subjective, isn't it? Yeah. No, I was really, really bad. <laughs> but that's a really good idea and shows, like, the snobbery surrounding it. If you suddenly set it to a different kind of music, that will immediately make different it... kind of music, yeah. ...seem a sort of higher art, higher in inverted commas. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I finished on my hand. Um, I mean, I I want to say that I finished, but I don't. I I, I mean, I, I actually just give. I'm just going to do a little bit more. I'm going to put a little bit more reflection in it, and then I'm going to mm. show you it. I only say finished. Not. I mean, it could be better, obviously, but I think I'm at the stage where if I do any more, I'll make it significantly worse. I just want to put a. a, a a little bit more shine on this so you can see the gold yeah um, you have to sign your piece at the end as well oh cool that's all i do is sign my name when i'm on the phone with someone <laughs> I, I write jade over and over again it makes a rich laugh jade 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 <laughs> do you think musicals are art <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> no, I don't. I think it's, it's all explained to you and it's all given to you. There's no... Cons- like, for me, uh, what art is, is inter- is something that you uh, look at or you experience and there's an interpretational element to it. That's what mm-hmm. art is to me. There's no interpretation with musical theatre. This is the show. This is the narrative. These are the songs. These are the characters. This is what you care about. It's too... It's too um, prescriptive it's it's too prescriptive and for me what i've discovered what i love about the art is i'm left to stare at something or look at something or experience something and i'm left to interpret it and uh, interpret i can't even say the word um interpret yeah interpret yeah yeah yeah. and i'm left to my own devices and and i as as someone who didn't grow up with art around me, I and now having the confidence to be able to be within myself and interpret something in the way that I want to, um, I really appreciate that. And I think that's what, for me, what art is. Unless it's a prescription, you know, like unless even paintings that are sort of photorealistic paintings, there's always a, like Mick Kelly, Be- Becky's dad stuff. He, like, it is it is photorealistic paintings, but he's got this re- he's got like this amazing one. It's a self portrait of him with his shoes off outside of the um outside of the doctor's office, just finding out he's having a second child. Like, like that's it, even for photorealistic paintings, there's still interpretation of it about you know what is it? What is it? Is it self portrait? Is it of something else? What was the artist going through? That's what I really love about art is, is discovering the story on your own. Yeah. Great answer. Thanks, babe. What about your show? A musical is very, I mean, it's comedy, isn't it? But it's It's very artistic. It's, it's artist. Yes. It's 100%. It's it. it, That's not art either. (laughs) um i'd say that my costumes that i come on with after each person i really enjoy finding objects in the house so when we were when i did i was at university i studied theater studies and we um we studied brecht as anyone who did theater studies at university did Mm -hmm. and one of the things that brecht's uh work does and encourages is that if you want to wear a costume or you want to set you have an aspect of something to it in order to paint a wider picture so one of the funnest things i have is interpreting the uh, musical theater songs through my costumes that i have at the house already so like mm-hmm. sitting and finding out that lolly adafope is doing um uh, she's doing shallow from um from uh what's it called the star is born 
Yeah. So I oh, would that then was think, incredible. I saw a so video that, of that. It was insane, and also she can sing really well, which is so annoying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but she. So it was nice because I was like, okay, Star is born. Okay, what could I do? Cause I, so I've done it a couple of times because she's done it a couple of times with us. So on one occasion, I dressed up as Bradley Cooper. Not much thought in that. Just I look great as a bloke. Bish, bash, bosh. <laughs> Another time I've done it, I've actually interpreted it. I've gone from like Star is born, Lady Gaga. Oh, Lady Gaga. Oh, I've got some rope in the house. I'll make a costume. So then I've made a sort of like Lady Gaga-esque outfit. And I've put some random shit on my head and I've covered myself in tape. So there's that, I, I, I enjoy that side of things where I'm sort of like trying to channel the musical through me. And then, I, and then Kiri gives me that moment to sort of explain myself. I, that, that bit is art. The rest yeah. of it, I don't know if it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the show. Um, but when I did the show, you weren't there. It was at, um, in Aberystwyth. I think you were filming, I know. weren't you? Yeah, Gutted. I was... Absol- I, I can't tell you how upset I was that I wasn't there. And um, it was so fun to do. I I um I I was told by the people I was making a TV show with that I wasn't to go. And if and one of the uh, things they said was if I went, uh, that you know they it there wasn't a there, you know they, it was it was for Crazy Delicious, and they were so worried about giving a, a relatively new. Um, a new person such a lot of responsibility and they just wanted me to make sure that I hadn't done a five hour drive before the first 14 hour day of, day of filming which mm. was totally and utterly you know if I was running a tv uh, a tv channel or I was I was putting on something like that I would probably request the same thing from my um my host but uh mm. it was devastating because I know how good that one was it was you it and was Sunil fun. wasn't it me and Sunil Patel doing it's a hard knock life from Annie <laughs> Oh my. Did you um, um did you feel the way that everyone feels when you did it? Did you because there's like a fear beforehand and yeah. then once you've done it there's this absolutely f- uh, incredible feeling of elation because the audience yeah. going, going I was up. more nervous than any show I think I've ever done in my life and then afterwards felt such jubilation. It was like it felt like we'd done a school play. <laughs> but I mean because... we're only on stage for about 3 minutes but Oh, the band, everything. Well, this is the thing. Like when we first, uh, when we first started the show, Kiri and Dave were in a car, and they'd sort of come up with the concept of the show, and then they brought me in on the first one, and then obviously the three of us all worked together, um, mm-hmm. and and made the show what it is. But one of the things that we decided upon at the beginning, which was to not have people on that were known for being singers, because. Mm-hmm it's as uh, we always say it's no there's no interest there if we already know this person's very good at it what's really interesting is when people aren't massively comfortable with singing because as gareth malone has discovered in all of the tv shows he's made there's something incredible about helping someone else discover their singing voice because singing is one of the is one of the rawest things you can do as an artist is to it's one of the most vulnerable ways to um entertain people and that's what I love about doing that show the most. That's my favourite thing about it is in the rehearsals. Because so you you haven't experienced this, but what normally happens is we have all of the comedians turn up. They're all really nervous. They um they're so nervous that some of them look like they hate you. Like they cut that like <laughs> like we've had comedians turn up who, who look like they're in a fucking foul mood. So what your job you what your job is as my job is is uh, is to is to be really super warm and friendly. And then they do their rehearsal and we sit down and we all watch the rehearsal and we make them feel fucking incredible because it's the first time that they're hearing their voice with a band behind them which is very different than hearing your voice in the shower or in the car and then Mm -hmm. the first time you hear yourself with a with you know five instruments behind you is one of the most powerful things in the world because you realize that all this time that you've been singing a little bit it's actually not that bad and and people could actually enjoy it so it's my favorite thing is building up the confidence of the comedian ready for that ready for that moment in uh, when they when they sing in front of an audience for the first time it's it's yeah it's absolutely <laughs> magical i love it it's interesting as well because people always think comedy is the most vulnerable art form no. i think people that don't do comedy and i always think i would uh, singing is like the hardest thing to do on stage and the, as you say the most because you're more yourself when you're singing than when you do comedy Yes, I agree with people that comedy at the beginning is a very vulnerable thing to do when you're not very good at it and you haven't learned all the tricks because all the tricks are the same no matter, you know, uh, every 
joke has been written and every single thing we we just as as artists we we take something which is comedy and then we 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 put our identity on top of it that is what stand-up comedy is but all the jokes are always the same so if as long as you sort of spend your time working at that formula sometimes people try and break the wheel uh sorry reinvent the wheel sometimes people mm-hmm. uh I, I sometimes lot- people break the wheel <laughs> <laughs> i do this a lot i i change um famous expressions and turn them into some some something i do it all the time rich is constantly commenting on it <laughs> People do try and reinvent the wheel and it goes either goes really well or it goes really badly. But a lot of the time, comedy um, is all from the same formula. So once you work at that formula, that 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 level of like bravery it disappears because mm. you're going up stage, going up on stage with this this like treasure trove of like these tricks that you've learned over time and you've turned into your own thing. But the thing is with singing, there's n- you can't hide. You cannot hide at all. This is your voice. This is how you sing. Um, I'll tell you about a thing that I've I've mentioned in a lot. I went to that um uh, that guilty feminist uh, five thousand Albert Hall thing. So you yeah. know when they did the Albert Hall, and uh, Jess Robinson was there, and um, I've always thought Jess is a great singer, but I'd never sort of sat and watched her before, not like this. And um, uh, it was one of the most incredible things I'd seen. And I turn I turn up at the, uh, the guilty feminist. I'm quite a cynical person. I've said this before. If big groups of people all agree with something, I'm, I have a tendency to sort of wait until uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be the last person to get on board with a new thing. I will always be, just in case they're wrong, you know? Yeah. So I turn up, there's 5,000 feminists there. I don't know whether this is a healthy thing to have 5,000 fem- feminists in a building together. I'm slightly apprehensive, if a little cynical. Watching the show cynicism starts drifting away seeing all these incredible stories from these women and these uh, this five uh, this five thousand people strong audience that are just absolutely loving it it feels incredible but then jess robinson gets up and she does a song and i think it's an old sort of country and western song but it's called this is the sound of my voice um and the song goes this is the sound of my voice this is the sound of my voice and she does it in all of her different accents so she does it in all of her different impressions so she does Sonia and she does Cheryl Cole and she does all of that and then at the end she sings in her own voice which isn't it, it, it's slight it was slightly like broken and it was like it was really perfect because she's got an incredible voice but there was like this innocence and this vulnerability in her voice and mm. then she turns around to the audience and she makes 5,000 feminists stand up in a room together and she makes them all sing together in this in this chorus and it was one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen. It was so moving. I feel like I'm welling up right now. It was incredible. Oh, I've got you, goosebumps. Because these people in this room, they've come because they want to feel connected to something. That's why you come and watch stand-up. You want, you, people come and watch stand-up to see how to do confidence because we do an impression of it. It ain't real. As we know, there's lots of tricks and stuff with it. But they come and they watch confidence to maybe pick up a tip or two. And that's what those people came there for. They came because they wanted to feel part of a community. But what they didn't realise when they were walking through those doors is that someone else would allow them to, to, to sing, to, to, get, to do that. And, and they sounded stunning together as well. But it was such a moving moment in it. And I bawled my eyes out. And then after Jess got off stage, I was like, oh my God, that was the most beautiful thing. I'm... And I don't, stop, I don't stop talking to her about I. I in fact, spoke to her the other day. Randomly, we just started talking about death on the phone because um, she's recently lost her dad and I've lost my sister. So it was sort of mm. a casual conversation. But I, I sort of explained it to her then, which was like it was su- it was a powerful moment for me to uh, for me, the old uh, for, uh, not an old cynic. I'm not old, but like uh, I'm the cynical old me who, who normally is like, oh, I'll just wait and I'll wait to get on board with that that thing to, to sort of go. Actually, you know, this is cool. This is this is powerful this we're giving people voices and that's that it's not because i i always sort of worry that a lot of the stuff that i do is because of my own ego and then sometimes you sort of i i i I might stop myself from doing something thinking oh no that you know like what we were saying about charity at the beginning of the show like there's a lot of charity going on but i i don't know how much charity is when you're benefiting from it yourself like i Mm. i really struggle with that but this this room full of people like there was nothing cynical about it it was a 5,000 feminists all standing up and singing. Like, what's more beautiful than that? Getting a good response from people is you're uniting them over a joke or a story. It's just not always as tangible, I think, as seeing them all singing at once or whatever. 
I love it's why I love Gareth Malone I love the fact that he goes to these working class communities and he makes them sing because there's nothing better than singing there's nothing more there's nothing there's no greater sense of achievement than knowing that inside of you there's a voice and that voice is Mm. in tune uh, because everyone can sing I don't believe that people can't sing I Mm -hmm. think that you just haven't singing is literally about confidence and that and 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 also connects that confidence it's like uh have you ever used a tibetan singing bowl i mean this is the most bougie thing i've ever said but uh i don't think so it's basically tibetan singing bowls in order to make them sing so they make this like sort of high i've got one here are they the things you bang and they echo yeah so you're not uh so basically one of the things you're meant to do with it is you hold you put it down and then you get this wooden uh, the, this wooden beater and you mm. go around it and it makes the, the bowl vibrate and it makes this amazing sound. And the only way that you can make that sound happen is if you're totally relaxed, like physically relaxed. As soon as and, and that mm. physical rela- relaxation means you have to clear your mind because as soon as a little thought comes in, it makes you jolt. It's like a physical uh, a physical thing. And, and so that's how they that's how you make it sing. And it's like. Is something in a person when they hear their voice in tune for the first time, there's there's something that that will do to someone's confidence. That will change. I think I think it will change someone's personality in a way to be able to know that the person, the, the thing inside of them, their brain and their physical makeup is all completely connected to to a point where that they can sing something in tune and make other people hear that. I think there's something. I think there's yeah. something more more interesting about that than we than we realize about how your body makes a noise makes a sound because it's, it's interesting that I didn't know how to sing until I was 25 like I was yeah. shit before I was 25 I wasn't a good singer at all but and also then... you're, you so early on you, you have to say you know people ask you oh can you sing or not and you have to just you, you either can or you can't there's no like room for nuance you just have you know it's a question that you're asked from when you're little I think can you sing? Can you not sing? Are you a singer? Yeah. Like I remember at my primary school, I had to audition for the choir and I didn't get in. And after that, I was like, oh, well, I can't sing then. But it's mad, isn't it? You know, everyone, as you say, everyone can sing. Everyone can sing. And it's, it's just... about confidence. And if you're nervous, then that fucks your breathing and then you won't be as good. It's a physical thing that you have to achieve in order to make the sound come out. And that physical thing can only come from... Um, from confidence and experience and if you Mm -hmm. have singing lessons you can if you have singing lessons with someone amazing you can normally get a voice there's a voice in everyone I think romanticism or modernism oh that's hard (laughs) oh oh I don't know I don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the most coy i've ever seen you go <laughs> oh because i i don't know i think romanticism straight lines or curves curves portrait or landscape landscape oil or watercolor oil girl with a pearl earring or girl with a serious black jumper serious black jumper beyonce or destiny's child destiny's child singing or painting oh singing looking at art alone or with other people alone our film's art yes can you separate the art from the artist yes tortured artist or rational asda employee rational asda employee <laughs> talk about or think about art think looking at a painting close up or far away both art or tech mm. you've sort of done both today haven't you i like i like both. oh i think both for me Private view or view of privates? Um, both. <laughs> <laughs> a private viewing of someone's genitalia. You know, what's that Perfect. painting? That painting, the birth, the one of the woman's vulva, you know, I think it's called oh, the origin yeah. of the origin of man or something, I think it's called. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, that's both. Um, art or food? Food! Is what you do, art? Uh, it's... Uh, yes it is actually yeah <laughs> first kiss it was it was all right <laughs> life landscape or still life uh life landscape dicks or pussies pussies thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> 
we normally just swap over our works and and review each other okay um, I so can i guess send we'll you mine. To, yeah or we can just hold them up to the camera can you see okay. that <gasps> annie that's so good mine's so shit no. oh my god annie you're so good thanks i don't know if you can really see but yours is amazing i love that you've absolutely nailed the reflection I love it. So I have to give you a mark for technical and commitment and an overall grade. So technical, I think you've absolutely smashed it. And it's the first time anyone's done any digital art on the podcast. So I'm immediately giving you a 10. Great. Um, commitment. I'm looking at the photo. I'm looking at, yeah, I think you've pretty much committed to everything about it. The shading, the reflection, the proportion, just checking you've got five fingers and you have i'm giving you a 10 ah yay so yeah that's an a star actually you've got an a star right there fucking oh, hell thanks your shape of your thumb is fantastic i like it's... doing the thumbnail best i think yeah that thumb is fantastic that's really i mean i'm looking at the thing here that is really great can i have that yeah is that all right yeah of course you can Although we might be doing an exhibition of all the artworks, but oh, after well, that, you can have it. Keep hold of it, and then afterwards, I'll have that. And keep hold of yours too, please. Can you? Okay. What happens with that? Do you just print it out? I can send it to you. Yeah, send it to me, will you? I can, I can send you the um, the file for it for sure. Pop that in a JPEG, would you? I will. Um, Jade, it's been an absolute pleasure. Do you want me Thank to do you your so oracle? Much. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about sure, that. Sure, I'll do yours as well. Okay, this is fun. Okay, so I'm going to do a little shuffle a minute. Just I'm nervous. To, to restart the cards. It's all up for interpretation, just as you would imagine. Oh, um, so you need to sign your artwork. I don't know if I said that. Yes, I've signed Re it. Yeah. Okay, good, good, yeah. good. These are slightly bigger than playing cards, so I can't really shuffle them. Ooh, there you go. I'll just do once. Okay. So um, I'm going to do your past, present and future. Um, and I want you to say stop for your past. OK. OK. Stop. That's your past. I want you to say stop for your present. Stop. And your future. Ready, go. Stop. Great. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Past. Oh, present and future. Oh, <laughs> love it. So, your past is Ulbricht Dürer. Um, I I've never heard of Ulbricht Dürer, but there is Sounds a German to me. Sounds it's got an umlaut above the U as well, so you would be correct in that. Your present is Tracy Emin. Ooh. And your future is Diane Arbus. I don't know about her. So the little bit of information that's written underneath these. So I'll show you that. So that is your, um, your past. One man. Oh, yeah, you read it out. One man's outbreak is another man's breakthrough. Know your perspective. Apocalypse then. It says. Wow. I love that. No then, idea what it means, but I love it. There is a little explanation in the book as well. Hang on, let me give you give you a sec. I love I think Adam Buxton will be really chuffed that I'm using these. I bet he Definitely. thought Definitely. I bet he thought that he gave me these and that would be the end of it. Hang on. <laughs> and wait there. Where is it? Where is it? Oh here it is. The painter and engraver Ulbricht Dürer, who awoke German Renaissance art, was foremost a printmaker whose woodcut illustrations of feel-good religious subjects such as the apocalypse accumulated a mainstream following previously unknown to the print biz. Dürer ran with cool intellectuals and royals in his hometown of Nuremberg, Nuremberg. Uh, but during a plague outbreak, he allegedly peaced out to Venice, which he considered his spiritual homeland. An Italiophile, Dürer was so inspired and motivated by his southern colleagues that in later works, he forced emotion and geometric perspective down the throats of his cold Deutsch countrymen. So, yes, German. Exactly like I do. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Is that, that's my past, isn't it? That's your past. So Tracy Emmons, your future. So No, she's my prez. Oh, prez. Yeah, yeah sorry. She's your present. So that's that. And it's legs says, wide open. 
Legs wide open. Don't hide your dirty sheets in the washer. Concentrate on finding, not losing yourself in art. Decay can be a fertilizer for new ideas. Um, like a good friend rolled in garbage, the work of Tracy Emin, British rep at the 2007 Venice uh, uh, Biennale, is both intimate and potential bio a uh, potential biohazard. In everyone I've ever slept with, 1963 to 95, the viewer is welcomed into a small camping tent in which Emin delivers on the title with those bedmates names uh, uh, applied to the interior walls. Her acclaimed and contested my bed consists of Emin's mattress after a depressive episode, topped with stained sheets, stained panties, contraceptives, empty bottles, cigarette butts and the emotional compost that fertilised this mess. Emin's personal and confessional works are not only self-portraits but reflections of societal taboos. And then your uh, your future is Diane Arbus. Wow, she looks cool. And uh, look directly at whatever you're avoiding. The bullseye is always in the margins and listen when a city tells its secrets. Ooh. Woohoo. Read you a bit about I read you a bit about her. Where is she? There she is. Diane Arbus began as a commercial and fashion photographer with her then husband Alan, but she was always more interested in the fringes. Wandering New York's morgues and forgotten corners, Arba saw her light in the city shadows. After separating from Alan, she made a name for herself, taking head-on photographs of people in the margins, the so-called ordinary freaks, outsiders and society's castaways. She took her own life in 1972 and remains a controversial and influential, as controversial and influential now as she was in her lifetime. Well, there you That's go. a bit of a worry that my future is someone who uh, took their life. I think there's interpretation that needs to should be added on top over of that? this. I think you should gloss over that bit uh, specifically. I was quite on board until that moment. <laughs> Thanks, Jade. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Follow Jade on Twitter at Jade Adams and on Instagram at Ms. Jade Adams. Um, I'm on Twitter at Annie McTweet and on Instagram at McGrath.Annie and at McGrath.Art. Um, if you want to buy an artwork from me, you can. My website is www.amagra.art. Also, if you want to see mine and Jade's work from today's episode, then look at the Secret Artist's Instagram account at secretartpod. Thanks so much for listening. If you did like it, then please um, review it kindly and look back or listen back more appropriately over series one where there's 20 episodes for you to enjoy thank you see you next time goodbye secret artists is a turtle canyon comedy production for Acast. music by alistair clayton quickfire round music by steve dunn when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.